Year after year, one of the most consistent items on my do something list is to have fun with fashion. Exploring my personal style has added more joy to my everyday life and helped me feel more like myself on the regular. However, I have found that there are some brands I would love to explore more, but they are out of my typical price range. Or there's the it item that I would love to try out, but without the commitment of keeping it. Enter Armoire. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you can build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new to you styles. I just did my quiz and have selected a few dresses for the summer from Bowdoin, one of my favorite brands that I can't typically afford. And I also got a double-breasted black blazer from a new-to-me designer, a classic item that I have been on the hunt for but too scared to commit to until I know it's the one. For you expecting mamas, for those who are working or those who are style-obsessed, who want to switch out your wardrobe with quality pieces without the designer prices, check out this woman-owned company that has your style and your sustainability in mind. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash progress. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash progress to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I'm Monica Packer from About Progress, and this is How Do You, a monthly series where we hear from real women sharing how they are working on their progress with their identity, habits, and fulfillment. On a scale from one to 10, how interested are you in your family history? Whether it's with your ancestors and the people that came before you and knowing their stories and learning more about them and documenting what you can find, or just starting with your own family history and being really good at documenting what's happening in your current family. For me, I feel like on that scale, I may be a three. (laughs) Documenting does not come naturally for me, including scrapbooking in any form, which I really perpetually want to work on. Um, And same thing with family history too. I just have found myself inept with the, the skills online or even gathering interest for it. Until really recently, one of my aunts has been colorizing all the black and white photos in our family, and it's been honestly enchanting to see them. She's been posting them on this cousin group we have online, and I've found myself so drawn to going through these photos, and just seeing them in full color has made them more real for me, and it's brought up more questions that I have about the people who came before me and also the desire to do better about 
writing down our own history. And I bring this all up because what I'm going to share with you today is a quick interview I did with a woman who is very passionate about family history, and her name is Melanie Gardner. And this is one of our How Do You series, which I am loving so much. And she so kindly offers her own story on how she got into family history, some tips she has for those of you who want to do it, either for those in the past or for the current family history that you have, and uh, some other benefits that have come about for her and for others as she has been working on her own family history. Melanie Gardner, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. These How Do You episodes are honestly a rising favorite for me, and I'm hearing from our community they are for them too, and you volunteered today to share about your own passion with family history. I have to admit, I do not share your passion, and (laughs) and I want to. And I can see why the, a lot of my friends are, are getting really passionate about it too. So I want to hear your story. So let's start with first, a quick introduction of a little bit about who you are. Yeah. Um, so I grew up in Dallas and Seattle. That's kind of like where my heart still is. But then, um, I met and married a guy from just outside of Salt Lake. And so we stayed here for his job and now I have, um, five kids. I have twin 12 year olds and a 10 year old and an eight year old. And then we have a, a little bit of a gap and a four year old. So it was a lot of little people in a little bit of time. It's yeah, a lot. And, uh, it definitely was and is. And, <laughs> and in my former life, I did marketing and, um, PR in the scrapbooking industry for like almost a decade. And cool. I have no craft in me. It's a real, it was a real <laughs> irony, but I have like a very, strong love of like people who are scrapbookers and people who find value in scrapbooking because I can see it. I can't do it, but I love it. And I taught people how to do it. So it was, it was kind of like one of the ironies of my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was a perfect fit for me. Cause it married this idea of people's stories and their like desire to, to capture them. And, and it was a lot of women, which I just loved. Like you just go on this, you know, like the space of women who are just excited to kind of share their stories. And so anyway, I love that. And, um, what else? I love the outdoors and I just kind of still have like, I love Moab snow days, thunderstorms. I feel a little bit like we're getting into like a dating, like this is a speed dating. <laughs> <You've> <laughs> like passed. After- <laughs> I have swiped right. Is that what yes. this? Yeah. I think that's it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. we, we definitely have a lot in common except this family history passion. So let's, <laughs> let's go back to the beginning of when this interest began for you. Tell us a little bit about the background of what was going on in your life um, as you started to get interested into it um, and why you took that leap or maybe it was gradual. We're still moving forward. Yeah, probably. I think it was a lot of little drops into the bucket that kind of started to fill up, but um, my grandmother had a pinch, uh, like a pension for pictures. And I, and by that, I mean, like if she came to your house and you had a picture that she did not have, she would take a picture of said picture <laughs> to have for later. So she was just like, it, it really, it meant a lot to her to have images. And so she was like, it was the old days of copying, like making cute photocopies of, so it's like grainy pictures and she yeah. gave them to all, she had 39 grandkids. So like, that was, hmm. that was kind of like, I feel like I have a, a connection with my, my grandmother and that. And then my dad was a big family history person and has this like uh, basically an archive of all kinds of stuff that he's amassed from his family and my mom's family 
and he's just kind of been a collector. And, um, and so I feel like that essence of ancestors has kind of always been around me. Mm-hmm. And um, like true, true confession. I, I mean, I just love people's stories. So like, yeah. like not to be like too voyeury, but even if I'm walking around my neighborhood, I'm like, I wonder they left their curtains open. I wonder what's going on in that house. I wonder what, <laughs> like, I just have always loved people's stories. And, and I just, um, it's interesting that I've kind of found a, a hobby, like an area of interest that like captures that. But anyway, so my neighborhood friends have put this little group together to do some indexing, which is basically like you go online, you look at these different um, historical records, and then basically you type in whatever the historical records say so that somebody else can subsequently go through and search them. It makes them searchable when you type all those words in, right? Because you Mm -hmm. can't, can't search for an image like that. So um, I, it was kind of a dare, like, oh, we're doing this. You think you can do it? And I was like, I'm ultra competitive. So I got into doing this indexing thing and, um, and what I was indexing was World War II records. Ooh. And um, I have a grandfather that was in World War II. So I kind of automatically had this like interest peaked a little and I'd never seen World War II records. And if you haven't, they look like this, like there's a, a front and a back and it tells a little bit about where people are from and like who their closest relatives are, what their employment is. But what really got me is that it says um, physical features. So it lists like what their hair color is, what their eye color is, their height, their weight, and even their complexion. And all of a sudden this like, you know, a a kind of a nameless, faceless, all of a sudden had a name. And then they had these like physical characteristics that I really like connected to that. I was like, I don't know these people. They are in Nebraska. I've never even been to Nebraska. What do I know? But it was so amazing to just feel like these are real people. And it kind of was a, a spark for me. And I feel like I just have had a lot of those little sparks that have um, that have kept me going in a hobby that I feel like an imposter in. Like, I am, I'm not a professional. I am not a genealogist. I had to, like, look up how to spell genealogist, just yeah. genealogist. Yeah. Like, I am not, I am not that person. So sometimes I really do feel like, well, I don't want to get in there and do something wrong. And, like, I'm, I'm not... I'm not pretending to be anything other than I am, which is interested in people's stories. Hmm. And, and so I think that that's kind of what's kind of kept me going. And then it's a little bit, it's a little bit daunting. Like you kind of don't know where to start. And what happened for me is that um, after this indexing thing, I had this idea that I wanted to do some ancestor chat books for my kids. And I thought, well, if I could just get, you know, like a little picture and then maybe a little story or something about them. And it was just kind of like a one page idea, right? Like, one page for each, you know, grandparent, great grandparents, whatever, whatever we could get. And when I started getting into that, there were a lot of holes. And so I was kind of forced into, if I wanted to fill in the blanks for some of these people and make them a little more lively for my kids, I had to start searching records. And I mostly just did that online. So it wasn't even like, I didn't even have to leave my house and I was nursing a baby and like I could do it from like, while I was nursing, like flip through uh, files on family search and ancestry and, and same thing. Like it just kind of lit this, you know, like another little spark that lit a fire that was like, this is so cool. I'm finding stuff about people. And, and it was just, it just kind of kept flowing from there. I love this origin story and especially your desire to 
learn about people's stories and share them, share those stories with people you love for those who have that similar draw. I'm going to ask you the main question now, how do you become passionate about family history? Maybe it's more involved in family history too. Yeah. I was going to say, I think part of it is, I almost wish there was a way to like, (laughs) just change the vernacular because when you say to someone, oh, I like family history. They're like, well, I've I've never seen you before. I just assume you're 80. Um, (laughs) Or, (laughs) or I assume that you are like wearing a lot of cardigans and like cats situation. No offense to anyone who wears cardigans or cats. I'm just saying like, it just seems like someone who's like, I'm going to hunker down and study out my family and get them on a piece of paper. But I, I think, and if any, if you take like nothing else away from this little chunk of time together, I, I just cannot emphasize enough how family history should be made to work for you, not you for family history. It shouldn't mm-hmm. ever feel like a job. And there mm-hmm. are so many things that count under this, that count, right? Sure. Under this umbrella of family history. It's not, it's not all old school pedigree charts, books of remembrance and like getting into the basement of a library to like <laughs> find what you need or want to know. Because I, I think part of what has been so magical about it to me is that um, there are just little moments that you can cheerlead all along. Sometimes that is finding a person. Sometimes um, for me, what something that has been really cool has been if I find something, a record or a picture or um, just a detail that has been posted by somebody else, I will go and just like send a quick um, like an email or a message in ancestry or in family search or whatever. And I'll just be like, Oh my gosh, thank you. I have never seen this picture before, or I, um, didn't know this about this person. And it has been such a cool opportunity for me to remember when I'm, when I'm like posting something, you know, like when I throw something up on the internet that I think nobody's going to see, uh, like lots of times I'll do this. Like, this is probably futile. I am dropping in a newspaper clipping. Nobody's ever going to see it but I, I'm doing it anyway, because I have felt that like gratitude of, um, somebody else taking the time to do the same. And it, it makes you feel part of a bigger whole and not just for your ancestors, but that there are people feel this pull to find their people because it matters so much in the scheme of who you are, of understanding who you are, because uh, you have people who have gone on before you that have passed on physical traits, emotional traits, hardship, trauma, like all of these things have been passed on to you. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's why it's such a draw for people all over the world, like to be able to understand who your ancestors are. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And, and I think sometimes it, again, it doesn't have to be stodgy, right? Like it can just be, um, and it doesn't have to be guilty. I think that's the other thing too, is that people guilt themselves into being like, oh, it's another, that's what I was saying. You don't have to be employed by family history. Like you can go in and do the part that you love. So if it's not looking up people who are, who have gone before you, which I will just say, I think one of the really cool things is newspapers. If you are not into dates and like, just like the history of things in general, newspapers are, and national archives are available. You can search them for free and they give so much information that is just like mind blowing because it's, it's like the most, it almost feels gossipy and you're almost like, Oh no, maybe I shouldn't have seen that article because they tell you when people are going in and out of town, people that have come to visit town that have come to see their sister for a baby that's coming or like very, intimate details that would never be in newspapers today like never ever I found one a couple weeks ago for a great great grandparent a a grandfather in Oregon and he was opening a blacksmith shop and um, my maiden name is really unique so I'm lucky that way because I'm can find the name Kiri and so he 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 popped up and it was just two sentences Henry Kiri is working on establishing his blacksmith shop and I was like what in the what I didn't even know it was a blacksmith first of all but it's it was like just two sentences of him establishing it and then I found another article like maybe a year later that was like he did it he opened his blacksmith shop and that was it (laughs) like just but those things are really cool it might be that you are an instagrammer just let it go to chat books make a quick chapbook out of it. It doesn't have to even be hard. Like it can be a very passive family history thing, but you're already making the memories, just put it in a place where somebody else can see it later, you know, like Mm. where you can establish it. Maybe your kids are really like, I have a couple of kids that are really art prone. So I do a lot of, I, but I don't want to keep it all. So I do a lot of picture taking of those things. (laughs) Same thing. They can get turned into a chapbook, but I'm like, I will take the picture of that. And then they don't have to be sad when I secretly hide it in the trash can to never be seen again, but they'll see it again. So, but it's finding that thing that sparks a little bit of interest for you. And it doesn't have to be history heavy to be meaningful. Hmm. And the other experience that I had that was really useful to me is that I think, I think we forget sometimes that we are, we are our own family history. And so, so, so much is, is focused on like, oh, who came before us and who's coming, even like for my kids, like who's coming after me. But I don't always think about me, especially because I'm just like, I, I don't want to say just, but that's how I feel sometimes. I'm just a middle-aged mom, right? Like, which is not my story. I didn't even connect with that as like mm-hmm. a, a first time mom. I call, I said to my kids, do you want to come see aunt Melanie? Cause I was like, I know who aunt Melanie is, but yeah. like mom, Melanie took me a while to come into. Yeah. And that's part of my story that should be mm. written down somewhere. And so I started doing this, like an all about me thing, which you can find anywhere on the internet. There's a jillion, like the questions that you would ask your grandparents, yeah. you can start asking yourself. 
Mm. And kind of, um, I keep a, I just keep a, a Google doc. And when memories come into my mind, I just will like really fast, like make a note for myself in a Google doc or in my keep notes. Like, um, I keep them there too, just to kind of, you know, you just have those moments where you're like, oh my gosh, it's so great. Something that I remembered finally. So I'll, I'll put it down. And that has been really useful to me too. So, it, cause it feels like then I'm part of the circle, right? Like a lot of times I know I've heard a lot of people talking about like they're left out of pictures, for instance, right. As a mom, you're taking so many pictures, you get left out of the picture. And that is the same with your history. Like you will have mm-hmm. information about your kids and your parents and you know, maybe all of those things, but, but you're still, you're still part of that circle. And I think we miss that piece so much. And it's such just an invaluable piece. I can't tell you how many times I've tried to find information about grandmothers or aunts or cousins that are women. And it's hard to find information about them Yeah, because they are less focused on, and, and you are such a, a invaluable cog in that, in your own family history. And, and my little tip there is that if you'll make a timeline, like you just do a little oh, timeline yeah. and it's, it makes it so easy for you to be like, okay, I lived here from this year to this year. I was in first grade, mm-hmm. second grade, third grade. Here are the teachers that I had. And every year that you look at sparks a memory. And that can be a really easy starting point to just be like, oh, and that is family history. You are doing family history when you do something like that. Like when you kind of explore and discover your past, that is family history. You know, like when you're, it's, it's just such an interesting thing once you start really looking at of what counts as family history and, and what you can be like, this is, this is really fulfilling for me to, to remember that I, I have a place in all of this and that, and there are just so many beautiful things that come out of it. I just can't, I can keep going and going and going. Did we do it? Well, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's why you're here. So, so, many so one things. of the things I've gotten, one of my skills, I guess I've learned through the podcast is being able to pull, like extract information. So I'm just going to review the things you just said. So yeah. I, if someone wants to get into family history, get past the mental hurdles in their way, starting with redefining what family history could look like for them. The sure. second is to follow their own interests. Like if, even if it's just starting with photos or newspaper clippings, or they like to learn about their family or themselves. Um, next is to begin with your own family, your own history including a timeline. And, um, I'm sure we could do so many more steps of advice for them, but if I could just ask you for one practical resource, like a website maybe, or like if there, if there's, if they really want to dig into the history, history kind of aspect of it, not be on their own, but like their actual families or helping others with their families. Is there one website you would recommend or one tool? Um, just to stay on the side of free and not, I mean, yes. there are a lot of paid resources, but to stay on the free side, family search is the mo- yep. most prolific and it offers the most, um, I mean, they, there, are, there are classes there on there. There are okay. a huge amount of resources and it's not just for, I think people get locked into feeling like if you're a member of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, then that's the place for you. But the truth is, is that like even seasoned genealogists are still using family search and, and the, and the beauty of that is that when you do your own uploading and things there, it stays, it will stay there forever. It is mm-hmm. not going anywhere. And yeah. so it's a, it's a really good place to share and connect with. Thank you. Yeah, with your people. Family search.org. Yeah. And I totally, uh, 
I want to prop up what you said there. One of my um, good friends who is not religious in any way loves family history. And she's so excited to visit the family history library in Salt Lake yeah. at some point. Yeah. And the, the website is, is why, you know, um, okay. So let's, let's talk about one thing you would do differently. Like if you could go back in time. Uh, I think I probably, I wish somebody would have told me that it's not breakable because I, I think that's part of what was um, stopping me a little bit, especially with family search, because family search is an open source. Like anybody can, there are some, some people, some like historical people and things that are locked, but largely it's a family tree of the world. So hmm. um, anybody can share their information. Whereas with ancestry, you, nobody can go in and change your family tree, but this okay. is like a global family tree where people could change the information. And so I think that was one of the things for me that felt too daunting. And if I just had somebody say like, none of it's breakable and you could, you can go, you can go back or someone else can go back and will go back and, and change and change things that might be off or that you, maybe you stuck the wrong source on there or something like that is all fixable. And it doesn't have to be scary. You know, like, just like take a deep breath and be brave about it. It doesn't, it just doesn't have to be daunting unless you let it, like there really is nothing I'm sure there is. I'm sure somebody's listening to this and they'll be like, I actually found something broken, but <laughs> there are very few things that can be broken and not unfixed unless it's you're like fixable. Yes. Setting your pictures on fire, not fixable, sure. but generally the stuff you're doing online, fixable. you can remedy. Yep. And last question, what has been the biggest benefit that you've had from this pursuit personally? Oh, geez. Um, I think the idea of this came to me when I was, when that we were in the middle of COVID, right? Like um, just this idea that the, the closer you get to the, your, your tree, the harder it is to see the jungle on the other side. And, and I don't mean that to be like a micro focus, but just the idea that um, the, the closer I was moving to connecting with my ancestors, the less I saw all the peripheral things that were going in, on in my life that just felt so hard and mm -hmm. so impossible. And, um, and it really rang true when COVID was raging and I had five kids at home that were like needing things constantly and just trying, you know, like to deal with the emotional balance of that. So during this like massive time of uncertainty, I just found it was, it felt like an escape to me because I wasn't thinking about myself. Like I could go on, I could go online and look at different resources, different sources. Like there's just so much information out there that I just found myself being able to click through. And I was just attaching sources, which basically just means like when I found a record, I pushed a button that said, accept when I thought it was the person that it belonged to. And it, and it adds it to that person on, on family search and, and being able to do that. Um, it just helps so much with the anxiety that I was feeling. And, and even some of like my depressive tendencies, I feel like have been helped or at least waylaid for a little while, <laughs> while, while I focused on someone else. And I think that's, that's the way with, I mean, this is kind of a service, like you're kind of doing a, a, a service when you're, when you're, when you're pursuing family history, um, and that service rings back to you just like any other service, right? Like it, it settles in on you and changes you in like the, the best kind of way. If you let it 
if you see it for all the things that it could be, which is an opportunity to connect and to serve others, but also yourself. Like it's just impossible Mm -hmm. to not, to not feel like that. And I just have been so, so grateful to be on the receiving end of connecting with, with people, with people who are also digging, you know, like just people that have popped up. And I think that has been so beautiful for me too. Like people that I never would have connected with, especially when you're saying thanks. Lots of times people don't say anything back. So don't, like, don't be too excited about like, yeah, when I hear something, but it's just enough for me to be able to shoot it into the universe and be like, I'm great. I'm grateful for that. And to have people come back and be like, I'm grateful too. Like, Hmm. is it, that's just, it's just so connective and powerful. I love this answer so much. And it's definitely multifaceted, you know, and I think that's how all good things go is that reciprocal kind of cycle that we go through. Even if a hobby seems really self-oriented, it means we have more to give in other ways. And I've really enjoyed talking to you, Melanie. I know you have an Instagram profile um, that people can go to. Can you tell us where that is? Yeah, I just uh, I just have an Instagram that selfishly I <laughs> made for myself as a place to share family history. You'd be surprised how many people don't want to hear about family history, even in your own family. And so I made a just an Instagram, uh, Twisted Histories, is what it's called, with an IES. And it just kind of has um, stories and tips and just kind of just, yeah, random foray into family history and genealogy and touching base with your ancestors, so beautiful and I I definitely want to direct people there because that's also a good place for them to start for those tips yeah yeah for sure connect with me if there's any questions or thoughts like I'm always obviously always up for talking family history awesome well thanks for doing that for us today I really loved connecting with you and hearing your own story behind this and that bigger why behind it is what I am definitely drawn to is that connection with other people so thank you again Melanie yeah Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.